Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott with Pastors Brian and Matt. Hello. Hey, hey. And we uh, we just spent the last 15 minutes talking about whether or not we should talk about what we're going to talk about. So we're we going to give this a try. We decided, yes. We decided, we decided we're going to try. People are going to think that normally we don't think about it at all now. <laughs> well, okay. like normally. A it's lot like, of times. Yeah, we like 30 don't. seconds, we just jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a lot prepared, but this is. So. We're going to give this a try, and we're not sure if we're going to air it. But if if we do, we hope you enjoy it. What is the <laughs> amount of times that you've said, we're not sure we're going to leave this in or air it? Actually, you guys don't know this at I, home. I, I actually cut a few of those we, we have, <laughs> we have, We have about 100 to 1 uh, podcasts that we make that don't make it to the air. <laughs> so we make lots of them before we release them. It's really all we do, actually. There's so many bad ones, guys. There are so many bad ones. <laughs> it's hard to describe. All right. So th- there's been a lot going on over the past few months, obviously. Has there? Um, just a bit. Um, but one of the one of the many things we've been having conversations with people uh, talking about, I've had a few conversations with people concerned, not, not even necessarily about what we as pastors as the church have, have said, but maybe at times things that we haven't said. And I think we kind of live in this, we live in a moment where, um, where in one sense, everybody's expected to say something about everything. Um, But at the same time, I think silence can be, can communicate certain things too. And especially because we're all, apart from one another physically, I think it leaves just a lot of room for, like we've talked about before, right? Imagination, questions. Yeah, the Division podcast that yeah. came out this last week, it, yeah. it you know, highlights a lot of the reasons why it's important to have these conversations. Totally. And, and so while I'm not about to create a habit of constantly trying to respond to the things that we haven't said, <laughs> um, this unique moment, and actually the fact that I think we're all separated, the temptations to division that we've talked about that come with that, uh, lead me to want to just provide a few clarifications in a way that we, we may not even normally do, but at this moment, we feel like might be, might be helpful. Um, so, so we're, we're, we're going to j- jump into just kind of some of these questions, particularly around, and, and particularly around the area of um, politics, social issues, disagreements in the church, even like uh, things that you might assume or not assume about your pastors. And if you listen to the very like end, we'll tell you the political answer to everything. Everything. The key is in the back of the, the key. Ba- book. The key is in the back Our, of the podcast. The Cornerstone Voter Guide. We're not going to uh, do that. We're not going to produce a voter guide. <laughs> um, I'm kind of trying to lighten it. Okay, it's like a complicated... Not difficult that there's not topic. good voter guides out there, actually. I think that there are good voter guides. We're not going to put one out. Fair enough. And ours wouldn't be good Fair unless enough. I wrote it. <laughs> also loose truth. Um, so, <laughs> so, okay. So we, 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 we've ta- we, we've got to, we, we could joke about and like not actually talk about anything because we just kind of want to avoid we it need for, to joke the, for about half an it. hour. I'm sorry. We need to joke about it a little bit we because do. it's a, it's heavy. All right. Uh, we need to joke so about it. That's we've what ta- I'm here for. We've talked and prayed. We've talked and prayed about the har- even prayed publicly together as a church about the hardships of many of our minority brothers and sisters over the last few months. Um, I, but our silence combined with our culture's general acceptance or ambivalence of uh, violent protests, things like that, seem to have raised questions about whether we would similarly condone violent or destructive protests. Um, now I know this is a, in, in one sense is a complicated question and in another sense it's not. Um, but like from a biblical standpoint, would, would we encourage our people or encourage generally like violence and destruct destruction as a means of protest? I don't think so. I mean, I think, um, we would say that that's not kind of the ethic that, Jesus taught, you know, of, of turning the other cheek and things like that. At the same time, um, I think what tends to happen, and one of the reasons that this, this particular conversation gets complicated is because people tend to try and kind of weaponize one part of the Bible against another part of the Bible. And so you end up with someone saying, well, you know, this is, this is unchristian, this is illegal, 
this is unbiblical, um, all of which technically are true. Um, but they do that sometimes, not everyone, but mm -hmm. sometimes they do that with an undertone that says that because of that, I don't need to weep with those who weep or understand mm -hmm. why someone's doing something or really care about what they're experiencing or going through that might lead them to think this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, yeah, I think we can say pretty unequivocally, like, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't loot stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that's not okay. Um, and yet not have that be leveraged so we don't have to care about what someone has experienced or what they've gone through or somehow minimize what's going on as though, well, because you shouldn't do that, you know, everything is probably fine. Yeah. And so like that, that to me is part of the tension point is it's what's not being said that tends to be the issue and makes communication difficult. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, as we, and as, as we grieve and as we wrestle through this, like, I feel like we, um, I think it's it, it's hard to I mean in one sense it's hard to know how to do this publicly but like like we we grieve with those who are um, for whom violence like police officers commit violence against and we also grieve and weep for when violence is committed against police officers right like there's like brokenness and and pain in our world and families that are destroyed that is like a horrible result of sin in all sorts of different ways in our world um and and i think our our hearts break with those with, with that wherever we see it um and part sometimes we convey and want to make explicit that there are voices that are maybe historically or tend to be less heard that we want to make sure we say to them like we hear you and we hear your voice but i don't want that to be co like confused with the fact that we weep with that violence against image bearers wherever it takes place yeah i think it's interesting and, and difficult because um we're always aiming for nuance and we're aiming for biblical nuance we're aiming for a biblical response to current events we're aiming for understanding the world through a biblical lens but if you understand the world through a primarily a political lens, which is very common and very familiar in our world, in our culture, on social media, in a variety of ways, and even, honestly, I'm going to say, even in our church, it can happen that way. Mm -hmm. um, you can frame the story or the narrative without nuance. So you emphasize or highlight one thing over against the other. Mm. So you can say something like, oh, the looting uh, undermines any justness of the cause against racism in our society. Um, or you, you can say, um, you know, which again, people that's emphasizing one aspect of it. What about the looting? What about the looting? What about the looting? What about yeah. the looting and ignoring the major issues that are at hand? Or you can say racism is a big deal and I'm just going to, uh, ignore all of the the other serious problems with maybe some of the movements that have come out of that mm -hmm. um some of them being uh nihilistic in their approach some of them being um completely ignoring of biblical truth and biblical morality mm -hmm. and uh, uh, recognize that there's serious dangers on that side as well so you can emphasize one side of the story over and against the other side of the story through a political lens and we're in a political time it's an election year and it's easy for anyone on any side to take that kind of weaponized approach, like Brian said. Mm. And here at the church, we're trying to understand things not through a political lens, but through a biblical lens, through a, a lens of gospel truth and biblical truth. And that is why sometimes it feels like maybe you're on one side or the other, when the reality is that's not how we view these issues. We view them first primarily as moral, spiritual um, biblical issues first and foremost. Absolutely. So, okay. So I think it's, it's spot on. And I think that we, so related to this, I think is that like, even in what I described, you could, um, you could sum that up by saying like, I, okay, I'm essentially affirming that all lives matter, right? That all <laughs> lives are, are image bearers. Right. And at the same time, I think that there, there are some of us and some of the church, and I think even some of us that would affirm that like it, it feels appropriate in this moment, in this moment in history, to affirm that black lives in particular matter because they seem to, in certain ways, have been 
devalued right throughout our history now you can i i think it's you can debate whether the the, the you can't debate whether or not all lives are actually important I, I i understand the difficulty in trying to you know affirm i, I think it's important to affirm different things and to lift things up or this is why we affirm in 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 regards to abortion this is why we affirm the lives of unborn because we think it needs to be said the imago day the image yeah, of god exactly in all things but i think when we have i mean and actually it's not a phrase we use because we understand generally use because we know it's so complicated um but when people even in the church affirm that black lives matter i think sometimes that can get interpreted as um support for the organization black lives matter and then all of a sudden this 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 movement and this motto and this organization have all kind of been conflated, right? So then when you're, you're supporting one, you, you can assume you're just supporting everything. I mean, do, do we see like support for even, even those who would affirm Black Lives Matter or when you affirm that Black Lives Matter, is that support for the organization? Are we supportive, like even as, as pastors, to a talk about race when everybody's saying the Black Lives Matter, to talk about our black brothers and sisters, are we affirming and, and supporting that organization? Uh, I mean, there's parts of the organization that I think would stand uh, uh, against pretty clearly a lot of biblical values that we'd hold. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other parts that don't. Any organization is going to have strengths and weaknesses. Um, and at some point, I do think like a large part of this to me comes down to how communication works Mm. and how we don't for a variety of reasons uh one is that over the last 20 or 30 years we've gotten just worse at understanding how communication works in general part of that is social media part of that is kind of the universality of communication and so it's contextless in a lot of ways and that becomes problematic Mm -hmm. other stuff has to do with the stuff we said in our last podcast on division where if it's a particularly fraught issue for you, you you immediately, it's fight or flight, so you're not looking to understand. So you're not looking for things like intent or like nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to categorize quickly because you're, you're either scared or angry. Um, and so that makes it very difficult. But w- when it comes to someone saying something like Black Lives Matter as a sentence and a sentiment, it's very difficult to say, we better qualify that. Mm. Um, because to say we need to qualify it means that you're Im- you're importing something behind what they're saying. So you're you're making assumptions. They must mean that X, Y, and Z when what they said was was this. Now we're always doing that in different ways. Interpretation is complicated, but at some point, just being loving, caring, love your neighbor as yourself kind of people requires you to seek to understand the way you'd want to be understood. Mm. Um, and so when someone says Black Lives Matter, the reaction really shouldn't be. I know what you really mean by that, and it scares me. And we need to, now we're at odds, and we need to fight each other. Um, at some point, you should be let me understand. Mm. What are you trying to say? And and in some ways, I think that's probably the approach to the organization too. Like, there are some things that we're gonna we're gonna conclude. You know, yeah, that actually stands very different from what we believe, mm-hmm. and we reject that. Um, but we really ought to do it. You know, without just skimming a website, we really ought to do it from a place of understanding as best as we can, given our other callings and vocations and capacity. Mm-hmm. It's just a loving your neighbor as yourself thing. And so I think the heat around the phrasing has a lot to do with what we're assuming about each other mm. um, and not so much what how we're trying to understand each other. And seeking to understand might actually make us realize we're not maybe as divided as we thought we were, depending on how you know yeah. heated you get on things like that. What do you think, Matty? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Um with any organization, especially a political organization, which Black Lives Matter is a political organization, they have political goals, political aims, and um, are engaged in politics on a local level and a national level. Uh, you, there might be some things you agree with and some things you disagree with. I ha- feel the same way about the ACLU. I think there's some things I agree with the ACLU, some things I don't agree with the ACLU. I feel the same way about the ERLC the Evangelical sure. Religious Liberty Com- uh, uh, Commission. There's a lot of Christian organizations that have political engagement uh, arms or are engaged in politics in different ways that I I bl- like some of the things they do and I don't like some of the things they do. There's th- th- This is the same thing we do with any organization, including political parties, right? It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not any different than that. I think what I, what is concerning to me in some ways is um, I think 
not that lack of listening that says, why are people saying Black Lives Matter? Why is that like a, a thing at this moment? Is it a political thing? Or is it the fact that there are serious issues in the way that our country have treated black people over its entire existence and continue to this day? And we need to understand what the concerns are. I don't think any Christian should have any problem saying the words black lives matter because black lives do matter. And I also don't think that we should use all lives matter as a way to uh, undermine the purpose and the point of saying black lives matter, which is to say there hasn't been racial justice in our society. And I think that's fair to say and objectively true to say um, there hasn't been racial justice in our society. And uh, there's a, a need for especially uh, dealing with the kind of racism towards black people in our society that maybe hasn't happened in um, our existence in a, in a full way. And so I think you can do that and you can say that with nuance and not 100% support the organization, especially because I think there are a lot of um, a lot of elements of the Black Lives Matter movement that incorporate other progressive politics that I think are contrary to um, contrary to Christian values. And I think that we can say that openly and honestly. But I think the idea that there is racism, systemic racism, and that there is a need for our country to work towards improving the lives of particularly black people who've experienced the brunt of that over the history of our country is something that shouldn't be controversial, even though now, it is. Okay, but here's where it gets interesting because right now for all of us listening and for everyone listening to this somewhere else, yeah. we have been, this is what I, the last 20 or 30 years, especially we have been programmed to import things into what Matt just said yeah. on either side. So we have brought a lot, like there have been interesting responses, I think in everyone's mind that those responses assume certain things that he did not just say mm. on either side of the aisle, on either side of an issue. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the thing that I am most concerned about uh, from a pastoral standpoint in these discussions is that that reaction is not a slow to speak, quick to listen reaction. Mm. The, the reaction to the minute you have a, a thought, it ought to be especially, and again, I, I would want to say that um, in a church community, this is a podcast for a local church, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. not like for everyone. Yeah. Like we're known quantities. Like, yeah. like the three of us have been around, right? We've, we've messed some things up and we've asked forgiveness from people. We've done some things well by God's grace. Like we've been around. Yeah. And so I think, and, and our church members have been around. They, both those things are true of them as well. The reaction should be pretty much universally, hey, let me ask you a question and a genuine question, not, not, not a like, well, let me ask you a veiled question that gets to you know, a reaction that I'm or, having. Or, 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 yeah, or a question that's that gives you a litmus test to yeah. decide whether or not I approve of you. Yeah, like at some point, if, if there are kind of visceral reactions to some of the things Matt said, wherever you're coming from, and to any of the things any of us say, the reaction should be, hey, we're brothers and sisters. We can probably talk this out. Let's let's make sure we know what someone's saying before we start reacting with statistics or with whatever else is coming on or or backing up what he's saying um, because that's where you're coming from with your own set of statistics and, and kind of blowing things up and out of proportion. Mm. So I feel like that's like – I'm hammering it home because I think it's extraordinarily important. We shouldn't think we understand someone before we do. And that's one of the reasons why this is so fraught with division is we tend to have a a difficult time being able to think that two things are, the, are, are can be believed at the same time that you can believe that Black Lives Matter and that there might be things you know wrong with the organization and that you might need to figure some of those things out and you should be and you should be cautious yeah. you should be you should be cautious as a Christian you should be cautious aligning yourself to particular political causes especially when they when they have elements of them that might contradict biblical values. Sure. Well, that's the other thing, too, is that there, if any of us are in a position where there is an organization, especially a political one, where we say we are in complete agreement, um, that's almost universally a bad sign. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing we're in complete agreement with is scripture. Yeah. Even the organizations we're going to, if we put together an organization, at yeah, some yeah. point we'd probably go, oh, it turns out we didn't agree with some of the things we said earlier. Yeah. Like The only thing that we can just say, yeah, in lockstep with is scripture. Mm -hmm. um, everything else, you're going to have to think through stuff, and it's going to be hard and complicated, and I know that's frustrating. 
but we have to do it. And and I would say one of the most important components of that, like you're like you're describing, Brian, is identifying where um, where there's agreement with biblical values and identifying where there's contradiction. And and I think I think we should be if you're a Republican, okay, let's just we can just say that if you're a Republican, I think you should think through a biblical lens critically at a Republican platform. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Democrat, I think you should think through a biblical lens critically at a democratic platform mm-hmm. because these policies have impact on real people and impact on our society and our country and you need to be very careful that you're not 100% hook line and sinker supporting something that may be seriously immoral or contradictory to biblical values and i think that's where we get that's where i say you know if you see through a political lens first and foremost then our nuance is going to be hard for you because we don't see through, we're not trying to see through political lenses. We understand politics. You know, I'm not saying we don't think about politics. I'm saying our primary lens is what does scripture say about these topics and how does that apply to our current events? That's our aim. That's our goal. And that's going to provide some critique on all sides that I think everyone is hesitant to do because that's not how you win elections or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those concerns are not our concerns. Mm-hmm. That's not our concern about winning elections. Our concern is about representing Christ well, representing his values well, being ambassadors for him in a world that is full of these kinds of divisions, and living out the calling that God has for us in this city, in this place, in this time. Absolutely. Okay, so so that's that's super helpful, actually, and I think really, really important. And maybe even, I, well, not maybe, I think, definitely even more important than the next question i'm going to ask you but angry comments by the way go to scott at <laughs> cornerstonewla.org so i i've got a like i've got a, just a person i've got a personal tension that I, I i want maybe we can like process through this and maybe again i don't know maybe we'll include this scott is a verbal but. processor i don't know if everyone in the church knows this but you're a verbal processor podcasts yeah they're getting there yeah this is um, well yeah that's true this is this could be fun guys Strap okay so in. here's the tension for me like i i feel like one of the things that's assumed, right? When, when we assume things, and things like, one of the things that's assumed is that, in su- that to support Black Lives Matter in any sense, right? To even say it is uh, is anti-police, and mm. I, I feel like there are like a, Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. Exactly that there's t- that there are two sides to a coin, and I. I'm I've been concerned because I feel like I know a number of faithful police officers, brothers and sisters in Christ, let alone a number of faithful brothers and sisters who are I think feel that feel that way mm-hmm. and feel that it's been communicated that way, feel like an a, an affirmation is a uh denigration of them, feel really discouraged and I I there's a part of me that wants to like find ways to even publicly like affirm them and encourage them. But I feel like I, I keep stopping up short because I, I'm afraid that what's going to get assumed if I do is the opposite, right? That like to, to, to thank them and affirm them is to somehow denigrate black lives matter. And I, and honestly, I, I feel kind of stuck and I don't think I, I don't think I should feel that way. I think I may, I just, I, I need more wisdom. I think that there's ways through this, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, how would you how would you encourage me to try to navigate something like that even like as pastors together how how would you think think about us navigating that as pastors together um in in the midst of that situation where yes that's the ideal but i still have to live with the reality that people are going to misinterpret almost everything i say or or take it a certain way yeah i think one of the one of the difficulties like I, I understand what you're saying yeah um one of the difficulties is that we do have like like context becomes important just in terms of the venue like mm. like anytime you reduce something to a sentence or two it's just a lot easier to misinterpret and we're in, we're in a season where that misinterpretation kind of abounds mm. and we're slogans like like arguments are made to fit on a bumper sticker right now and that tells you what tribe you're a part of and what you align with. It, like we've kind of created a situation as a society where if you can say the right bumper sticker thing, I now know kind of all there is to know about you, at least politically or in the, for the most part. Um, 
and there's a lot more there but yeah but that so without a venue like this one that mm-hmm. we're doing now or something long that's red you know or, or something that allows for nuance and allows for that um it's very very difficult to 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 do both things mm. and the, one of the struggles there that i think is that and this is kind of to matt's point like we see a lot more through a political lens than any of us realize. Mm. I don't think anyone sitting around at home listening to this being like, oh, yeah, that's me. I see through a political lens. But the truth is all of us do right now. Mm. You, you can't swim in this water um, and not have some of that impact you. And so we're all prone to discern what tribes everyone is a part of based on what phrases they use. And that's really problematic. In fact, well, on the one hand, there is a level of communication that requires you to sort of interpret things and, mm-hmm. and you know, be wise. I would say that the, the quick to judgment of that, the quick to, to label and the quick to assume, it's, it's an unbiblical thing. It's not a one another. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. And, and like part of the principalities and the powers that are trying to keep us apart right now. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it comes from the fact that we, we all need to fight a lot harder to not do that. And mm-hmm. Last thing mm-hmm. to throw out, um, I think at some point, uh, because we feel the tension and because we want to feel some kind of stability and we feel unstable, especially politically, we want to land on where someone's at really quickly. And one of the big things pr- that precludes is being able to weep with those who weep. Mm. One of the problems of a politicized world is that it's not just that you're going to find Christians in the middle who disagree with both sides. It's that we're having a, a fundamentally different conversation. We're not like, like oh, 60% this and 40% that on this continuum mm-hmm. from conservative to progressive. Like Christians are on the continuum in some ways. I mean, of course, we, we apply ourselves. We live in the world. We have to do certain things. But the conversation we're having as a church is not a political conversation in that way. And so we should be people who are – when someone gets hurt or, or is misunderstood – Mm-hmm. When a police officer is looking around going like, I feel like the world hates me right now. Mm. And all I do, I feel like is sacrifice mm. for other people. And all I hear, and then I hear, you know, at church, we're talking about racism. And I just, I, I can't help but hear them just like everyone else telling me that I'm the bad guy when all I'm trying to do is help mm. and lay, put my life on the line and my family's in it. Like when they, like we should, all of us as Christians should be able to go, that's awful. Mm. And, and we feel, we, we can weep with you we can sympathize with you and the exact same way that when someone in our church says I, I i walk around stores and people follow me and they don't follow me the way that people who don't have the same skin color get followed and and we don't have to stop and ask 20 questions to to to, to qualify mm-hmm. the experience we can just say that's awful i hate that you have to feel that way mm-hmm. we can weep with those who weep and so it doesn't necessarily tell you or us how to conduct ourselves going forward, save to, I don't think we can give up nuance right now. Mm. And I think everyone deserves to have tears shed for them, even if we don't need to start comparing suffering all the time. Like every image bearer who's suffering for the pastoral response is let's weep with those who weep and let's help you move forward with truth and with grace. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a, a, a powerful, powerful point, Brian, because a couple of things. That, that you said in, in response to that. Um, one, the bumper sticker kind of uh, politics and uh, approach to worldviews and things like that, it, it's better for the political parties if that's what we do. They want it that way, right? It's easier to know who's in your tribe and, and to galvanize people. That, that is part, that's not like an accidental thing that just happened. These are, a lot of this is intentionally, purposefully, designed and motivated because it's better for the people the political class in charge of those things it honestly is to be able to galvanize and and weaponize those things against one another and so you have to be careful that because that's a genuine desire of them and that's why we um in our sort of nuance uh uh feel out of place in some ways And, and we could talk about you know our personal political views but that's not the point the point is we feel out of place because of the way that we intersect our theological and biblical worldview with a world that's broken and full of this kind of divisiveness inherently purposefully in by design but the other thing i wanted to say is connected to the weeping with those who weep what this does this kind of weaponizing of narratives does is it prevents us from following that biblical command. 
so that when a gang member is shot in South LA and it maybe you have a perspective that they're just getting what they deserve and you have no ability to see the humanity of that person, probably a kid, probably grew up in a really rough home, not a lot of opportunity. There's no empathy or sympathy that you look on some of those, um, you look on some of the, the news stories, you know, uh, um, Danny Nidich, who runs Prodigal Sons, um, will send me some of these news stories and you see the comments and people are celebrating these kinds of things. There's nothing Christian about that and inherently evil. And it's a, it, it, like you said, when you're galvanized and pushed one way or the other, you can't weep for uh, police officers experiencing that kind of um, hate and even and being fear. killed yeah. and fear. And, yeah. and so there's no ability to sympathize towards them. And there's no ability to sympathize or empathize with those who have encountered incredible racism, been killed. I mean, I, you see video, I, I mean, there's a million videos. You see, you see the George Floyd video. I mean, I, tr you see the Trayvon Martin video. You see these videos and you see the way that all of the assumptions and all of these things get woven into this moment and um, people, kids, uh, um, are killed and if you can't empathize sympathize if you can't weep if you can't weep and I, I find myself crying a lot these days but if you can't weep across political lines I don't think your worldview is informed by scripture the way it needs to be and we're describing some something that's very nuanced and very different than maybe what you hear out there oftentimes but I think that's what our call is to as Christians engaging in this kind of political climate yeah, and I, and I think that maybe what we want to affirm is on both sides, both or on not both sides, but it, both sides, regardless. Well, actually, yeah, no, but like re regardless of the the situation, I think when we talk about these things, it's um, it's really like just our our heartbeat to try to together weep with those who weep, and there are absolutely things that go on that we don't mention publicly that we're weeping about. And we want to try to do that, but we're also not, we, we want to try to do that in a way that, that, that affirms and particularly affirms the marginalized and those that people don't see. Um, and at the same time, at, at times, be, because we don't mention something specifically doesn't mean we're not weeping over it or, or even not aware. But so th this, this, this brings to both the bumper sticker politics and uh, Brian, you mentioned kind of comparing suffering. Right, it, it it begs us to go a little bit a little bit deeper, and basically, this is like a podcast where we we can't give you sufficient answers to any of these things. Like we're, we're just you're gonna you're gonna listen to this and be like, okay, I still have a lot of questions. I still want, but we wanted you to at least hear us talk about these things a little bit. Thought it might be clarifying, and this next one's even more so the case. Um, but but I did want to I did want to talk about the questions about the danger of something like critical theory. Right. When you talk about like comparing suffering, right, like that's one of the things that, that that's one of the hallmarks of um, of critical theory. And I think lots of people seem to be talking about that um, critical race theory to be more specific. Right? Well, actually, or just critical theory. I'm thinking about general. critical theory in general, okay. because actually my my larger concern is with critical theory in general. But I think that it gets applied obviously in, and is maybe most significantly applied right now in critical race theory. Right. As it is, is applied to race. Um but, and because of this, I think people, and, and not just critical race theory, but think of, of it generally, people th throw around terms like cultural Marxism, like intersectionality. Like, are, are we ignorant about that? Like, wh why aren't we railing against it like some of some other theologically conservative pastors are? Like, are, are we unconcerned um, about these trends in, and, and, and these um, ideas in the world like we, you know, teach, a, teach about? different, I mean, I, I teach about different forms, theories, psychological theories, right? And how they identify some and observe some truths in the world, but ultimately can't answer the, the fundamental question, can't explain why things are going on. This is fundamentally a, a sociological theory. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, yes. Sociological, political, economic. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, so it's interdisciplinary. Totally. So like, are, are we unconcerned about that? I mean, we, you know, people haven't heard us talk about it. So are we, do we just either don't know what's going on or are fine with it? I, <clears throat> so 
when I hear those terms thrown around, um, my initial reaction, so one of the things I teach in a course um, at a Bible college, I teach a class on how to disagree with somebody. Like, how mm -hmm. do you disagree, especially amongst Christians? Um, and one of the, the, there's only a few rules. The, one rule, the first one is uh, ask yourself, could I be wrong? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, then leave. <laughs> um, because it, it, there's, there's no way to have a conversation with someone who you disagree with when you know you can't be wrong uh, no matter what. You know, well, no, that rules me out a lot <laughs> of the time. So, so I should think about that. Yeah, so I should take your class. Where are you <laughs> teaching this? So, but I mean, that, and that kind of the idea is to have it soften yeah. your posture a little bit, not just to, to make you completely unmoored. Um, but the truth is, you know, we can always learn something. There's always mm -hmm. ways we could be wrong in, in various ways, big and small. Um, but the second one is you can't, you cannot critique a position until you can articulate it in such a way that people who believe it say, yes, that's what I believe. Mm. Um, and that's what I found difficult about pinning down terms like cultural Marxism, which I haven't really heard anyone say this is something I believe on, on it in, anywhere. Um, I've heard, I know Marxists, but I don't mm. know any cultural Marxists. Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to say. Oh, tons of Marxists. One time I was in Wisconsin <laughs> and we were just walking around in Madison and I was talking to somebody and they were like, it ended up being, oh, I'm straight up a Marxist. So I, I would say they probably would say, he, oh, I, I'm okay with being a cultural Marxist. Yeah, in, in that sense. But well, and, and that's not, where I'm not think, claiming. Okay, so, so I, th I think those those terms in particular, like uh, it might be simpler to say like. Yeah, intersectionality, well, uh, critical theory, whatever you want to call it. Um, but critical theory in particular, actually, as a discipline, I think might record, be more helpful to talk for about. For the record, I will say about intersectionality as a term. Yeah. I think it actually could be really useful. The Bible talks about the marginalized. And it talks about different categories of marginalized peoples. And there are some people who fit into multiple of those categories. So there's ways that like intersectionality maybe is less controversial than some of these. Okay. I would argue personally, because I think there's a, there's a lot of biblical basis for it. There's not a biblical basis for Marxism, but anyways, go ahead. So the, I, I, I'm concerned that when I hear the terms that most people are using them in a way that they don't, that isn't necessarily how someone who subscribes to it would would think that it's mm. true. And th that's, that's just one thing off the bat is that we tend to use terms that are blanket like that. There's really huge interdisciplinary terms um, simply as ways to say that someone's wrong, not as a way to understand them. Um, so you want to be careful there. Yeah, yeah, at some point. And that's, there are, prob there are things that I'm not an expert on any of these things. There are things that I know about them that I do disagree with. There are some things I know about them where I say, well, actually, that sounds like a decent observation that, yeah. that kind of resonates with what scripture has to say about certain things. Um, and so again, I, I, I just come back to, well, I don't know. There are certain things we, we, as a church, we talk about the thing, things that we believe are true and things that we believe aren't true. And so it's really hard to grab, like to grab this really kind of, in a sense, loose connection of different ideas and, and either outright condemn or outright, uh, accept and and so like for me it's like well, yeah there's some parts of this that are that are probably pretty pretty observant I think there's you know I was I just finished reading Ruth there's a sense of intersectionality in the beginning if you want to call it that I suppose you could where she's she's immigrant. a Moabite yeah she's an immigrant she's also a woman a widow yeah and and, and like and so there's all these ways in which you see that play out in the story is that me signing up for a weird progressive political agenda I don't think so I think that's just reading the Bible and thinking of the term in a certain way. It's yeah. it's observing the complex reality of her situation sure. in that, in that, in that time. And do we need to use that term or a different one? I don't know. I, at some yeah. point though, I think, well, there's parts of that that make sense. If you want to take that term and then leverage it for other purposes, I might agree with you. I might not. I, I, I don't know. It depends on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is interesting. I actually really think the comparison to something like psychology, like mm -hmm. you described mm -hmm. um, Scott earlier, especially given our, support of biblical counseling yeah. and your experience with uh, uh, having a, a doctorate in biblical, biblical counseling yeah. and understanding and being conversant in that world, I think it's actually a really helpful correlation. Mm -hmm. It is a secular perspective on humanity. Mm -hmm. So we can say that there's no uh, critical theory is godless mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, the same way that psychology yeah. is godless and biology is godless in a lot of ways right and there's a lot of ways that you can use that to make broader worldview claims that i think are probably unsubstantiated by the 
the scholarship itself. Mm -hmm. Um, the same way a biologist might say, well, because I'm a biologist, there is no God, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that's a claim that you can make or something that you can jump to from biology. We have, uh, biologists in our church who are believers in God and who are Christians. And so in the same way, I think there's ways that you can jump off, but there are also things about that, about psychology, for example, that can be observationally helpful. Mm-hmm. There's things about it that maybe uh, allow you to understand and think about the world in a particular way that can be observationally helpful. Yeah. Um, and critical theory is one of those things, I believe, that n- no, like Brian said, we don't need to dismiss it entirely out of hand. Um, but at the same time, we should be very cautious about uh, holding on to it Mm-hmm. as Just ultimate truth it. yeah yeah uh, because that's not the lens through which we see things mm-hmm. um there's a, a lot of uh, you know uh talking to a variety of people uh, it, with the protests and other kinds like that th- there's a lot of nihilism a lot of godlessness in a lot of the the power struggles that we're seeing in the moment in the cultural moment mm-hmm. that um do not fit with a christian worldview mm-hmm. and there's also a lot of calls for racial justice and racial reconciliation um, in our society today that fit very perfectly within a biblical worldview. Mm. Um, and so we can say both of those things at the same time without hip- hypocrisy or uh, inconsistency. Okay, to, just to clarify. Yeah, th- I, this is what we should do ev- on this podcast. I'll say something <laughs> and then Brian like clarifies no, 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 yeah, Not it. your so, thing. Oh, no, no, me, no, no. oh like, someone like, else. Like, oh. Well, because I think, again, like I'm, I'm programmed now to hear what's unsaid. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. just which is so maddening. Um, but I get it and it's important to love people. Right. So we, we, um, the, I see lots of things that are coming out of, um, a progressive kind of general movement in our culture that are bad. Yeah. So just to be really clear, I see a lot of them coming out of things like critical theory where there's a kind of assumption that the way to view the world. And again, I'm not an expert, but there are broad strokes things I do know. Um, that there's kind of an assumption that the way to view the world is in terms of groups of people and power dynamics mm-hmm. um, and that kind of salvation is achieved. They, they wouldn't put it that way, but I do think politics has a religious flavor these days. Mm-hmm. Maybe it always has. Um, that salvation is achieved by flipping those dynamics or by, by some sort of power becomes the currency of everything and everything mm-hmm. gets reduced to power. And so you bring that to the Bible and you go, man, that, that's such a, a square peg in a round hole. Where God, in one way, God actually does that a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of reallocation of power that's surprising according to the world systems. Um, from the birth of Jesus to the birth of Samuel. To, like all the, the Mag- Mary's Magnificat and Hannah's prayer. And these different, w- I mean, it's ac- all across the Bible. Yeah, yeah. You know, the last shall be first. We talk about his upside um, down kingdom. Yeah, yeah there's the an upside time, down yeah. kingdom. So there's a way you kind of go, that's interesting. But I think a lot of the methodology that's proposed is problematic. I think the, the kind of bullying that can result from it is problematic. At the same time, it's hard for me to paint things with a broad brush. It's just really difficult. I, part of that, I think, is just us being pastors, mm. is that we don't have the luxury of kind of sitting back and going, this movement, group of people, stance, whatever, just as a whole, get out of here. Because we have to find a way to minister to people who might think those ways, be those people in our own church. Mm. And so we're our job or in our neighborhoods or, or yeah exactly yeah, yeah. like there, there's a way that our our job our vocation forces us in a really beautiful and wonderful way to have to see where people are coming from in order to minister to them and so in that way like i i, I do see lots of problems out in the world yeah but my con- my question is always coming back to how do i love god with heart you know mind soul and strength and how do i love my neighbor as myself in a way that can actually Bless and love people with all the Bible says and not just some of it. Well, yeah. and, and, and and I just think this is really powerful and important because what you did was you just took a biblical framework and applied it and critiqued, huh, uh, critical theory or uh, other kind of progressive movements. And I think the same absolutely can, should, and must be done on a conservative side as well. Sure. I think there's ways that – there's ways that uh, – um, uh, on a conservative side, you, you can say, and this is this is Pol- hard. Politically conservative. Politically conservative side, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Politically conservative yeah, side. Just, so just to, we're, let, just being, take, we're just being clear. Take like a Republican platform that is significantly anti-immigrant, for example. We still have, I mean, I, it's still, for me, the issue at the border is still a significant issue for me morally 
biblically, um, I, I don't know how you can support the way that s people are treated as they cross the border. I don't know if you can morally support that way of treating humans right now and reconcile that with be the Imago Dei mm -hmm. and the image of God and people. I think that's I think that's something that Christians should be louder on. Republican Christians should be louder on um, affirming and fighting for uh, um, uh, just dignity in the way that uh, immigrants are treated in our country. Just dignity. That's not a particular policy proposal. I'm not saying open the borders, or I'm not saying anything like that. You have yeah. to hear. You have to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The because in in a lot of these conversations, the way people are treated at the border, immigrants as they cross a lot of times it's dismissed out of hand by saying, well, they've crossed illegally. And that's not okay to dismiss someone's suffering or the way that we as a country or society treat those people because of something that they've, that they've done. There's, there's no, uh, for me, I, I think of it like this. I, I think a Christian should be pro-life. And yeah. I think that should pro-life should be consistent across the board. And it should be um, radically affect everything we think about when it comes to these kinds of issues. And it should challenge both the liberal po politically liberal side mm -hmm. of things and a politically conservative side of things and we should take that um biblical worldview and critique those and challenge those political views mm -hmm. because i think there's ways that they've missed the boat completely because they're not built upon the foundation of scripture yeah and so and and this again like you're exactly right guys like th this is what we should be doing right and these are the conversations we should be having and even if in anything that like we've said that we like oh like but I'm afraid you miss this or like we don't see that like we should be having those conversations right we should be having those discussions we should be engaging with one another not yelling at one another not assuming the worst but assuming the best and that we can that 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 because of the unity we have in Christ like we can pursue affirming the imago day in all people and striving to figure out what that 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 looks like practically and you know i mean it 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 does make me think that like how we go about that i i th i know i i don't talk about every situation or every philosophy in the world um fully in a way that's fully educated and knows everything i need to know to speak exactly as i should into it you know there's some i do more and some less like you said th things that are in the psychological realm right I, something like cognitive behavioral therapy i've done a ton of research on and i can explain to you what they are seeing what they're observing that is true that is accurate according to a biblical worldview according to what scripture teaches i can also critique it critique the the, what they see, what their ultimate goal is, even the means by which they try to bring about that goal. And I think I, I do similarly see any secular theory, whether that's a political theory on any side or uh, an economic theory or a sociological theory. I, I, I assume the same is true of any type of secular theory, that there's going to be things that we, and it may, just to repeat it, but there's going to be things that we observe that are accurate because we're observing God's world. and it, But then when we get into the realm of interpretation or solutions, if it's godless, if we don't have the gospel at the, at the heart, we're, we're going to be horribly missing it. And, and, and so all I know to do when situations like this, when even topics like this come up, like all I know to do is to try to uh, read more, understand, I mean, like you said, understand different sides of things and interpret it in light of a biblical worldview, going back to scripture, wrestling through that together. Um, I'll confess to you, I have not been able to read as much over the last four months as I would have liked to. <laughs> like, and that's part of the thing that's really frustrating to me is I feel like, I feel like in some ways, like behind the curve on some of these things, not even necessarily interpersonally, but like intellectually. Like at the same time, I also feel like if I, I could read my entire, uh, the, the books on the side of my bed just keep getting like, the stack just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I could it's also probably because you're sitting in bed thinking angry thoughts about me at night instead of reading those books. <laughs> Did you consider good that point? It's <laughs> a good point. Well, every time I read one of the books, I get three pages in and I'm thinking horrible thoughts about you. Oh, that's, is that why? Yeah. Yeah. Is that why that's a lot of your books have those notes scrawled, <laughs> that's that's just right. negative words right. in, the, in the third page of every the, book? The other the other thing is we could I could I could read the whole stack of books and still feel like I was behind, right? Because there's there's no way to exhaust that amount of information in a way that that even satisfies ourselves which is why we have to live lives ultimately of faith 
in trusting an authority in scripture to tell us what the world's like, how to understand it, and and and, and who God is. I'm, I'm sorry. Did, well, did, I, do, do you want to say something? It's interesting. We'll, so the tower, you know, as the tower of books grows, um, the I tower of Babel's Babel. in my mind. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and not for nothing, because I think one of the one of the important uh, things to think about here is that there is a search for a lot of us that we don't realize. I, I mean, mm. myself included, mm. um, for justification by knowledge and rightness. Mm. Like I, I am. I am unokay and full of shame until I have figured out the exact right approach to this and mm-hmm. know how to say the right things and and this is right and I am right um, and until that's happened and so the the search for I'm reading more of this and I'm seeing more of these things and I'm you know reading different tweets and seeing different ta- they're being filed in a lot of ways into uh, categories that al- that they're aiming marching towards that conclusion that I now have achieved the knowledge I need to be justified um and that that's what's going to make me okay is that i'm i'm right it's fascinating to me that we have an inability you know again pastors church members we are allergic to saying i don't know i'm not sure yet i feel confused Mm. we feel like that's an unacceptable answer as though we're betraying people or betraying love to be confused Mm. um I think a lot of people are confused right now going like, I know police officers, to use your earlier example, yeah. to borrow one, I know a lot of police officers and, they, they, you know, a lot of them are pretty great and, you know, and, and I, I see them suffering. And then I also know a lot of people who are telling me about their experiences uh, as people of color and, and, and I'm just so confused. I, I feel for all of them and they feel like that's betrayal. Mm. And that's a fascinating thing to think that weeping with those who weep and not having a perfect answer yet is betraying people. Mm. If it, that, that, somehow that's not loving. Now, of course, we should learn more, and of course, we should seek to know how to do these things. But boy, we are justified by faith. And the way that we, as a church and as Christians, the way we are going to stand out and be a witness in the world is not by finding the perfect political alignment on all issues. It's not going to work. Yeah. The way we stand out in the world, the way we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world is going to be by not being politically shaped the way that the rest of the world is being biblically shaped in a way that manifests itself in certain political things. Of course it does. We're living yeah. in the world. And there's more, much more to say about that. That's a complicated concept. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, I think a lot of people feel, they speak with a sense on, again, on all sides of all things, that unless the church gets this right, mm. um, and by this, a lot of times that slides into, from my from where I'm sitting, and again, not, I'm trying to paint my broad brush here. There's plenty of people who don't do this. But that slides into the idea that we as a, you know the gates of hell will prevail against the church unless mm. um, unless we we find ourselves on the progressive conservative spectrum in the exact right spot on all the different issues then we will be doing right by the lord mm. and it, and I'm like okay yeah god does talk about justice and he does like and there, he does talk about integrity and like there's all these things that god does talk about that manifest themselves politically but that's not what makes us different what makes us different is living as exiles on the earth and having our eyes towards heaven and knowing that that has specific things that are compelled upon us to do on the earth mm. that often are political, but that's not what makes us different. I just tend to think that the thing that's going to make us different is being people who are oftentimes weeping, confused, and exiled. Mm. Um, and being able to look around and say, I know how to take stands where God takes stands, but I feel so so reticent and hesitant to jump on bandwagons as though they have all the answers. Um, And so I just feel, what if the church was like that? Was just really full of lament and grief over all sorts of different things? Was was really not politically compelled into the same mold as the the rest of the people who were talking about it on Twitter and headlines Mm -hmm. and everything else, and yet was still engaged, Mm. still cared, wasn't just removed and distant from the suffering of people of all different kinds. That to me is so much more compelling than this sense of like, well, we better find our spot on the continuum or else it's a good church or a bad church. Mm. You're a good Christian or a bad Christian. You're right. You know, I just, reading scripture forms, seems to form us in a different way Mm. where the roots we're burrowing towards that give us the nutrients to grow and provide shade aren't built upon roots that dive into deeper, more accurate political theoretical knowledge um, or more accurate latest statistics on Mm. this issue or that issue 
whatever you're using them for or weaponizing them for because what aren't weaponized these days yeah. but are just humble people who are justified by faith who know that we're all screw-ups yeah. know that we all get things so wrong all the time are looking to love and care and find ourselves taking stands where we feel like the bible calls us to do so what a different tone that would be yeah um man that's helpful <laughs> i mean it, it, it really is i mean like i I feel confused and I feel embarrassed as a pastor. Yeah. All of a sudden we're not supposed to be honest. And, and what's, what came to mind as you were saying that is like, I'm confused about how exactly to think about all the different complex dynamics going on in our world and, you know, things like that. And, and, and I'm a little bit confused about how exactly to like communicate publicly in the best way about those things. I'm not confused about the truth. I'm not confused about who Jesus is. I'm not confused about who God is. I'm not confused about what my hope is. What I'm not confused about what your hope should be. I'm not confused about the things that we preach on on Sunday, and that's why we preach on those, and not these other things. Because uh, and and I and I I don't and I think I mean you're just absolutely right. Like I I don't think that the answer is to not be confused anymore and know and then preach on those things. It's like, no, these are the things like the, these are the things that do require a lot of wisdom and we're going to navigate. And we're going to learn and we should be learning. And we should continue to be learning and growing. But there are things we can know for sure. And they're the things that God explicitly revealed to us in his word. And um, and those are the things we can stand on without apology and without shame. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. And we're doing it imperfectly. Right. But we're. Man, it's the th- those are the things we're trying to do. So uh, we, we could keep talking about this. We could do 10 podca- podcasts. Um, about, I've got a whole bunch of different questions. We could talk about different social issues. We could talk about Governor Newsom's ban on singing. Are we going to release this one or no? I, I don't know. <laughs> seems like it might be okay. We'll, we'll talk. But if you're, um, if you're asking the question kind of what's, like, what's next, you know, um, I, I'll tell you this, both to both assure you and to just chasing your expectations – we're not going to do the next 10 podcasts on this. <laughs> um, we we would like to talk more about some of these things. I mean, I think there is more to be had as we dig into some of these dynamics, even some of the theoretical dynamics and how they apply. Um, I think we, we want to continue learning. And as we do, we'll, we will continue to be talking to you even publicly about those things. Um, but the podcast over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about just life and life in the midst of this and continually trying to point you to Christ. Um, we are going to have a sermon series. We're, we're, we'll, we'll announce it now. Yeah. We're just going to let people know. We're going to have a sermon series in the two months leading up to November. On Why not? On what's, what's the, what, Do we have a title yet for the series? Politics. No, I don't, I don't know if that's the title. It Pol- might very well it's be. It's politics, but with an X. <laughs> but it's, There's and no it's vowels. For, to like, put you in like there, it's, it's not about how to vote it's not about it's how to operate as actually you say it yeah i know you yeah, right. how I, I, do I, you I, navigate a politicized world as a christian w- yeah. what does this look like and what do, you know how do you interpret and how do you move forward and how do you engage without being subsumed yeah. and how do you care without making it an idol and how, like all, all these complicated things there's ways that we need to talk yeah. as a church in a crazy politicized world about what our role in that world is mm-hmm. as individuals and together. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do for, for two months leading up to the election. Um, and I think it's going to, I think it's going to be very helpful. Yeah. And I think it's something that we can all look forward to and say, yeah, these are things that we want to address as a church. A lot of the, the problems here are come from, come from uh, a lot of the voices that kind of proclaim what Christians role is supposed to be in politics um, tend not to have, uh, tend to have agendas that are more political sometimes than Christian. Not all mm-hmm. of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, if if we as a church don't speak into that kind of silence, that's the, what's going to fill it. Mm-hmm. And so we want to basically teach people how do you live as an exile in a politicized world? How do you not be removed but but engage without you know being overtaken? And and it, it's, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I, and I, the, the only other thing I'd say is when people have concerns, if people have, if you have concerns, if you're listening, you have concerns about things we've said, even things we've said in this podcast, things we haven't said, things the, that 
you know, the direction of the church, the wisdom in the choices of the things that, that we're trying to make, even as pastors as a whole, you know, what, what should you, I, I, I'd encourage you like, don't, don't take quotes that we've said in this podcast out of context and throw them on social media. <laughs> right. But like, talk to us, like we're here. We want to talk. We are your pastors. This is not a podcast for like the general world. This is for our family. And we love you and want to wrestle because we want to weep with you as you weep. We want to wrestle with you as, as you're confused. And so we, we have open doors and we hope that this time has helped to, to provide at least a little bit of clarity as where our heart is and where we're at. Um, but more than that, you know, if, if, if there's something you, you have a concern about, um, you don't need to, we don't need to build factions in the midst of our church. Just come to us. Uh, we, we'd love to talk. We'd love to make the time. Um, I'm going to go out of town for two weeks. So <laughs> Bri Brian and Matt would love to have Matt the time. <laughs> no, I would love to have the time. We've, uh, um, we, yeah, whenever we can. So with that, we love you, and we'll see you virtually next time.